are serving in Mongolia, and we tried to shake things up. And it's also really cold and long winters in Mongolia, so we get really bored and we have to entertain ourselves. So we're working with Kama Services, the Compassion and Mercy Associates, the Relief and Development Arm, and the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Mongolia is roughly the size, that is really loud, wow. Mongolia is roughly the size of Alaska with a population of three million people. So if you kind of take that in for a moment, how big is Minneapolis, how big is the cities? And you have that in the size of like Alaska. The capital city of Mongolia is Odambatar, which means red hero. You can see it right here in the uh, star part of the screen, and you can see it's surrounded by blue churches. The green is a Bible training center. We are the Red X out in Hoft, Mongolia. It is about a thousand miles away, but about a 30 hour trip because there's no roads connecting Olambatr to Hoft. So you have to just kind of go on the open step. You go down around by near the Gobi Desert and back up through the mountains and get to Hoft, Mongolia. We are working with a minority group there, the Kazakhs. You can find the Kazakhs on Joshua Project if you're interested. And you can uh, see that they're a folk Islamic group. But they have a very heavy emphasis in animism. I'd like to introduce ourselves on the next slide. Uh, my name is Larry. My wife, Krista, will be coming up and sharing in a moment. And then uh, my children will be introduced by my wife as well. We are located in the Student and Development Hall this year to be able to spend time with you all. We're very excited to be here. We haven't been in the States uh, for a long time for a year. So we're excited to be here just to build relationships. And we're also in Faith Village. So if any of you want to stop by, we're at 511. We'd love to just hear your stories. And we have plenty of stories as well, so you might have to butt in and interrupt us as we talk too much. But our goal this year is to challenge you to live authentic lives, to be who you are and to be who God has called you to be. And as we encourage you to do that, we hope that you would encourage us as well, that you would encourage our children, that they would be able to see you and see what it is to live out this Christian call in their lives. Now I'd like to call up my beautiful wife, Krista. Hello. <laughs> so yes, I'm Krista, and I'm going to share a little bit about our story. So this is our map. And uh, so M stands for military, where we met Jesus. And then the next M is missions, A is adoption, and P is prayer and coaching. So these are our three kids, Avery, she's 14, she's actually right here, you want to stand up and wave, hello. She is actually, we're homeschooling for two hours in the morning online, and then she's going to Waconia High School, so I am going to speed off right after I'm done speaking to take her to school. And then Acacia's 10, we adopted her three years ago from Ethiopia, and then Eli is 11, we brought him home from Vietnam when he was three and a half years old. So first, I will tell you a bit about the military. So these are awful, awful pictures of us. <laughs> I couldn't find anything else. These are our uh, VA cards. Um, thankfully, the IT guys here at Crown took my picture twice, so I don't have squinty eyes on my Crown picture. So thank you, IT. That's how you know Crown's a good school. 
Um, anyway, so the military, we were both in the United States Air Force, and God really used, yay, <laughs> God really used the military to prepare our hearts for missions. Um, we were already under this kind of chain of command and learned that God is our commander-in-chief and that we were to be obedient to him when he gave us orders. So we kind of already understood the idea of living life on mission. And Ezekiel 37 is actually how God called us to missions, to Mongolia specifically. Long story, we will tell you more about that later. Um, there's lots more details, so please come find us. But it's, they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. And really, this is our heart and prayer for Mongolia, that God would raise up an army of believers, especially on, uh, within the small Kazakh minority group. So we were called to missions um, pretty much from the very beginning when we met Jesus, like I said, we already kind of had that tilt. But then when we moved to Cheyenne, Wyoming, to F.E. Warren Air Force Base, we were before in Alaska, where Avery was born. And when we moved to Cheyenne, we started going to a Christian and Missionary Alliance church. And there the missionaries would come and talk about their work overseas, and God just really stirred in us a heart to go overseas. And he used this verse, Acts 1-8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And so God just really put it in our hearts. We want to be willing to go wherever it is that he called us to go. And so first he led us to Reading to go to Simpson College. We kind of looked at the four different CMA schools, so Crown, Simpson, Tokoa, and Nyack. We didn't really know much about any of them. Redding had mountains, so we went to Redding. <laughs> um, so that was kind of our promised land for while we waited to go. And at Simpson, God really met with us, really empowered us, equipped us to be leaders and for the missions field. And we worked with the candidate development guy there. So Rob Mapstone is your candidate development guy here. Find him too. And talk to us if you're interested in missions. And then he led us to Baton Rouge after Hurricane Katrina. And that is where we started our adoption process for Eli. So the spirit of adoption, Romans 8.15 is one of my very favorite verses. And I'll just read it. It's easier. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption or the spirit of sonship. We're sons and daughters of the king. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. So actually in California, Avery had a dream when she was three of her baby brother who was brown, kinda. And she had no idea that we were praying about adoption. And so, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I, I have to apologize. I was gonna apologize earlier during worship. I was just so overcome <laughs> because we have been praying for the kingdom to come in Mongolia and this morning, for whatever reason, you know how the Holy Spirit works sometimes, he just had me open up the Kazakh Bible for the first time since we left Mongolia a few months ago, and he brought me to that verse, the kingdom of God is near. And then I went and looked into at the Lord's Prayer. It's the same word, come, and it's the same verb in Kazakh. And the verb that they use means reign, that God's kingdom would reign and settle and take a residence in this place. That is the word. 
meaning in Kazakh. It's just so powerful to me. So I was, wow, God, that song. Oh, it just, yeah. <laughs> so I'm already in that place. So, yes, the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. And in Mongolia, the Kazakhs, they believe God is one because they believe in Islam. But they've never heard of God as Father. And so, so often we'll go and drink tea with people. We had a goal of visiting 100 homes our first year, so we would just go and drink tea with neighbors. And they would always ask us, your oldest child is biological, so why do you adopt? And so we would tell them, because God the Father has adopted us into his family, and we want to share that love with children who are fatherless and forgotten. And they would just look at us in awe. They'd never, ever heard of the idea of God as Father. He's this personal God. And God has just completely just made that truth so incredibly deep in my heart. When we went to Mongolia, when we very first got there, all titles, everything, everything I thought I knew about myself was gone. All of a sudden, I could do nothing. I couldn't even speak. And at one point, he had told me I would be a voice for him. And then I go to Mongolia, and I can't even say one word. And I just would find myself at 3 o'clock in the morning just on my face, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. And he took those three letters, H-O-W, and he switched them, and he said, no, it's W-H-O. It's who. Who do you say that I am? Who are you in me? And I began to realize that I am a daughter first. He would take me to that story in Matthew, uh, well, quite a few of the Gospels, actually, of the baptism of Jesus, where the heavens tore open, just like the curtain tore open, and, he, and God the Father spoke and said, this is my son whom I love, whom I'm well pleased, before he did anything, and God would just say, you are my daughter, you are my daughter, I've adopted you into my family. And I love you, and that's all that matters. And so I began to walk in that place. It doesn't matter what I do. It's just about being with him. So as you can see, I'm very passionate about the spirit of adoption. I love adoption. And then passion for prayer. So my goal is to I'll probably sit over in those chairs over there probably about twice a week, hopefully Mondays and Fridays. And I want to make myself available to pray for you. So if anybody wants prayer, please come to me after chapel, and I will be there. And if I'm already praying with someone, please feel free to wait. I'll, I'll be here. I've got a couple hours of the day right there that are open, so I can pray for a couple hours <laughs> if you want me to. And also really passionate about health, and that is our ministry, Mongolia, Body, Mind, Soul, and Spirit. And uh, we just really learned that ministry comes from sitting in his presence, comes from God. It's not really for him. He kind of cha changed my mind about that. It's just really uh, ministering uh, from his presence. And then also just, I've been seeing acorns all over the place in Faith Village. Anybody live in Faith Village? Acorns everywhere. There's acorns everywhere anyways. But just, I've heard a couple different people say, you know, God always answers our prayers, but sometimes, if you pray with the right motives, of course, but sometimes he answers with an acorn when you're asking for the tree. So remember, it's all in God's timing, and he is answering prayer. And then the next, and then I just, 
throw this out here. I'm a certified life coach. So if any of you are really interested in missions, especially um, wanting to live missionally on purpose here, or if you want to prepare to go overseas, please come talk to me. I would love to coach you. So we'll see you later. All right. So we can go, what is this a picture of? Okay, there's going to be cards up front by the door, I guess, if you want to take one of Krista's cards. And then Avery is also looking to babysit if anybody would like to uh, help her out on that, I guess. All right, so this picture, this is uh, in Hoft, Mongolia. This is uh, in the summertime. It actually gets green for a little bit. And um, we all move down by the river, but not in a trailer. We move uh, in a gear, and uh, it's called the lager. So at the lager, we move down by the river. And because of the reason for this is we can get the livestock out there. We don't have to chase them around and move them back and forth. They can just sit, be out there and graze. And um, there's running water. We don't have to break up ice to bring it in and melt. And there's just a beautiful breeze that blows in. So everybody moves in. So this is a picture of Hoft. If you want to see a panoramic video of it, you can go to my YouTube channel. I climbed one of the mountains in the area and just did a little video with my GoPro. Also, you can uh, take a look at how these gears are put together and made. So the city of Hoft is about 30,000 people, about 10,000 Kazakhs. Now, that sounds like a fairly good-sized city, except for it's way, way smaller than St. Bonnie. Okay, so when we first moved here, everybody was telling us St. Bonnie is, like, very small. It's out in the middle of nowhere. There's, like, nothing to do. And then, like, we got here, we moved in, and we were going and doing stuff. And my son was like, Dad, all those guys, they were lying. They didn't know what they were talking about. There's so much to do here. This is like a metropolis. And I was like, well, you know, it's perspective, son. You know, when, you, when you're living out in a mud home and, you know, your goat is your friend, then, you know. So, yeah, we, we do live in a mud home. We live in an adobe house. Um, I traveled out to the prison to get red bricks. They make bricks out at the prison. I got those. I put them on my house. I put a roof on my house for a little bit of warmth. We have the well that you saw in the video, a water well. I don't say that word correctly because I am from Kentucky, but there's a well. And so uh, we have no running water, which means that we don't have a toilet. We have a sawdust toilet or an outhouse. Um, we also have limited electricity and limited internet. Our running water is when Eli's in a good mood and he goes and fills up that bucket and runs back to the house. <laughs> so we can go to the next picture. This is a picture of our Kazakh church. We moved to Hoft, Mongolia in 2010. We moved to Mongolia in 2008. We did two years of wonderful, wonderful language study. If you've ever studied a language, you know it is the most awesome thing ever. <laughs> so, we had to study two different languages, and I am, you know, like a lot of Americans that uh, were raised in a small town, I know English, and even that English is pretty bad. So, we studied this two these two different languages, we moved out to Hoft, and we had been living there for three years. In Hoft, you have to just live life. I mean, it just takes a lot of time to do the everyday you think you're going to go shopping for all your groceries, but you get one thing. You've got to bust up coal. You've got to chop wood. You've got to build fires. You've got to collect dung. You've got to repair the car, repair the fence, and help neighbors do all the same stuff. So after three years, 
we had our first person come to know the Lord. That person was a homeless family that moved into our yard, actually, and was living in one of the gears. And that's kind of a normal thing that families all live together, but we didn't have a family, so God was starting to put one together. And so they're in this picture here. His name is Jar Khan. And when we first got to know them, they were like, we don't want to know anything about Jesus. We just want to be here and uh, have a place to live and try to help you survive because they think that I'm all going to die there in Mongolia. And so, uh, not tough enough, so they want to make sure I'm going to survive. And about, well, it's been two years now, we had 12 baptized believers in Mongolia. Kazakh believers. When we were first there, we didn't know of any be- Kazakh believers. But later we found out there was one Kazakh believer attending a Mongolian church. So we're super stoked about our church. Uh, super stoked about what God is doing there. Uh, if you think about it, please pray for Asanka. An Altengul, uh, maybe to help you to remember Golden Flower. That's uh, one of the translations of their name. But pray for them. They are leading up the church while we're gone. Um, we do have friends that are there now helping them, but they were on their own for a while. We also have many projects in Hoft and all in Mongolia. In the capital city, Olambatr, we have the coffee roasting company. We have a counseling center, and we have after-school programs. In Darkhan, we uh, have the Biblical Training Center, and also Kama has the finan- financial study groups. In Hoft, we, as, we said, as Krista said, we were trying to meet families and constantly get into people's homes, and we heard uh, three felt needs. They needed clean water, and they needed a Kazakh cultural center because they go, the kids go to school uh, in the Mongolian language, and they were afraid they were lear- losing the Kazakh language and culture. So we help with music dance, and also uh, literacy of their language, which we're not teaching any of those, but we help. <laughs> we provide the, the facility. So also, um, I was living in the gear when we first moved to Mongolia. I was working out outside, and with that, tons of guys just started coming and pushing me off the weights, you know, wanting to work out with me. So that is how the MMFC, the Mighty Men Fitness Club, started up. We were working out just outside, you know, it gets cold, so we moved in a 12 by 12 room. In that 12 by 12 room, we had 15 to 20 guys in the pit at a time working out, doing different uh, hit training or Metcons or short, fast workouts with uh, kettlebells that we made out of cement and basketballs, if you remember seeing those a second ago. And then we'd also wrestle the Mongolian style. This is the traditional Mongolian outfit. I have one of those, if any of you guys uh, want to try it on, take pictures later on. Um, so... Uh, we've been, we blew up. We were, we're the only gym in town. We moved into a two-car garage. So that's blowing up in uh, Hof, Mongolia. We don't have AC. We don't have showers. And in the mornings, we have to build fires and put our weights. Uh, we have bumper plates, so not those. The bars and the kettlebells, everything on the stove to warm them up. Because if you go in there without doing that, they're so cold when you touch them, they burn your hands. So this is the kind of gym that we're running. I don't know if it fly in Mongolia, but we're packed out in Hof, Mongolia. What we're doing there is not just building up guys to be stronger. We're trying to meet them, yes, physically, but mentally and spiritually as well. Trying to understand what it is to be a man, what it is to be a husband, and what it is to be a father. I'd like to talk to you about our prayer requests. You do know that... uh, I'm coming back from a relational-focused culture, right, and not time-oriented. So we're just starting. This is the introduction. 
No. All right, so prayer request. Uh, please pray for Ajoy. Ajoy, for the last three years, has lived in either our home in Mongolia or our fr- friend's home in Mongolia to go to school in Hoft. Right after we left, he was watching his herd of goats. He fell off his horse, hit his head. They rushed him to the hospital, and he couldn't walk, couldn't recognize anybody, and couldn't talk. So um, we've been praying. We've been putting word out. The Kazakh church has been visiting him, praying for him. And at this point, praise God, he's walking, talking, and recognizing people. So we need your prayers. Because he, a life in Mongolia without being able to walk is just, you're an invalid. You're just not going to make it. It's a very harsh climate. There's very thing. We need you to pray for Ajoy. It's going to be a, it could be a long road to recovery or it can be now. So please pray for him. As I said, pray for the Kazakh church. They've been experiencing persecution from the mosque as well as inter-terminal and conflict. Uh, at one of the services, we had someone throw a cup at another person. Uh, so we need some help there. It's just learning how to walk together, learning how to be a family where uh, you kind of exploit each other in the class system outside. Um, and then pray for our U.S. transition. Like I said, we're not very time-oriented, and our kids are going to public school for the first time ever. So please pray. Please pray for them. I'd like to close um, by reminding you that I am the Student Development Hall, room 210, and also at Faith Village 511. I hope to be posting on the door some workout times, either for the fitness center, for the, the gym, or even out at the park doing some kayak and different things like that. I'd love for you guys to come visit me. And so I'd like to close in prayer. Kodai sin wute jaksa. Sin bizdin wute jogar. Kushkwad berngesha. Kumuk beregur. Tinsalak beregur. Sinning olung ushin kuprach metekem. Bizusha isin masach ulda. Biz taza bolda kune ushin ulda echen rachmet. Kil roch kilingesha, bebit beregur, kup rachmet ekem. Isa masakten atmin aumen. Thank you, everybody, for coming uh, today. This has been a, a great GIT chapel, and I just want to thank Larry and Christopher for speaking today. Um, and I'll introduce my team later on this month. Uh, we have a Sela chapel coming up. Um, I can't remember. I think it's the 27th, uh, but I could be wrong. Um, so let me just pray for Larry, and I will dismiss you. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for what you've done and for the time that we've had here today to just praise you and to be with you and to... Just feel your spirit here. Lord, I pray for Larry and for Krista that their ministry would go beyond their their hopes and their dreams and that you would just be speaking through them. You would speak to them. You would help them grow to be a man and wife and children of God, of who you are, just even more than they could ever dream. And I thank you for what they've done. I pray a blessing over them in Jesus' name and that you would just surround them with your love and that all the glory would go to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed.